Matthew, welcome back. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't just say Matthew, welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. I should say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders, Matt, where each and every day we set out to conquer the villain of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed the mind, strengthen the body, enrich the spirit, and grow the tribe. Do you think you'll be able to recite that yeah. on your own next yes. week? Yes. You will be tested. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our guest today is Morgan Lattimore. If you're not following Morgan on LinkedIn, you're missing out because we were talking about yep. it just in the pre-show. Like every Friday, dude, you just dance, right? You just sing in your car and you just dance. Have a great time. Have man. a great time. That's. I mean, that's. Sometimes we forget. Like, <clears throat> I started doing it during uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, because everybody was posting like Black Lives Matter, all that other stuff, and it was just so much negativity. I was like, nope, I'm going to so you know I've learned go, to go the total opposite direction of everybody else, right? Because that's <laughs> where you always want to hit the market that is the least um, has the least amount of attention, and positivity was like not in market at that time. Right, in short supply, very short yeah. supply. So I was like, I'm focused on this, and you know what? I'm just gonna do what I feel, and I just dance. I danced on Friday, and I actually stopped for a minute until I started getting emails and messages like, "What are you doing? Are you okay? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> are you okay? Like, what the hell? Because you know, because you know, so media sometimes you don't see the engagement yep. you don't know you can say likes and views but sometimes you'll get none of that but there's so many people that you're touching and when I did that and then one lady told me she's like I just lost my I just lost my daughter last week mm-hmm. and this video helped me get to through today I was done I, I've been doing it for three I've been doing it since then and I ain't gonna stop that's right it's on. so awesome when you get those messages from people because yeah. sometimes you do this and you put yourself out in social media and you kind of live through what happens on the cell phone people liking it or or commenting and it's you know it's it's always nice stuff for the most part it's like hey good job hey this really helped me but when you get that one message that's like you know we we've gotten a couple since we started doing this show that like just really sit with you that just gives you some power to keep yeah. trying to keep putting yourself out there right for sure, man. I mean, I always tell my athletes, right, or anybody I'm working with, like, you don't know who's watching who, mm-hmm. and who's listening. So your actions are going to be a determining factor of the lives that you're going to change. And um, I do that every day. I mean, I, I get scared that if I, I live the wrong way that something bad's going to happen to me, right, because I, that influence is so – like, we, we just don't understand how, how connected we are as people. Right, we're we're tribal in nature, so you know we do what others do, and so if we took that time to actually set a, a positive example on a consistent basis, like that's how you change the world. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to go do nothing; just be different, mm-hmm. right? You know. What I mean? So, so when did you? So I, I guess let's take it kind of back to the beginning, um, so we could sort of get your origin story. Like, put us on the yellow footprints, and then kind of give oh, us man. just a summary of your of your military career. <laughs> And then, and then kind of bring us up to, to this moment right now. No one has, I've been on a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Go way no back. No one has ever asked me to talk about the yellow footprints. This is, I usually avoid it, though. Do I you? usually, be, uh, that's a whole other story. Think but, about it, though. He's he's still in. I know. Yeah, it's like, I you know. don't want to talk about it. I, not at all. Is actually. that what it is? Is like, that what it is? I don't even like being in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Yeah. There's too oh. many Marines, bro. Yeah, right. Like, it's, it's you. It's it's crazy you say that. I love my Marines and my Sailors. I love them, but I I need a break sometimes. Yeah. Right? I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, but no, um, I joined in October '98 to get out the hood. Um, I saw a lot of you know going to high school. I saw a lot of uh, seniors leave and go to college, and they just come right back. Where are you like, from, Morgan? Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I don't want to do that. 
they working at gas stations and dead end jobs. I was like, I need to get the hell out of here, right? And it's just even when I go back home now, I'm just so like, this is Me. not where I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> I need to leave the energy. This is not where I wanted. And so I joined the Marine Corps. I was just like, I was really paying to get out. I was like, I walked down to the recruiter and said, I just want to, when can I leave? Can I leave tomorrow? <laughs> right? But the crazy part is, like, I didn't uh, pass the test, the ASVAB the first time. It took me three times. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. That's how determined I was, though. Yeah. Because I, I passed. <clears throat> this is a, this, this, I'm going to tell you some stories I never told before, so you can have some good content. Heck today, yeah, man. Right? <laughs> I actually enlisted from jail, right? I went with my recruiter because I had some tickets and some other stuff going on, and I had to actually um, serve some time. They gave me like 48, seven, I think it was 48 or 72 hours in the county. And so my recruiter picks me up. I'm stinky as heck. I was a young kid then, so I was like, I'm not taking a shower. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm only going to be here a few days. Like, I am not going to be that No, nope, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I'm pretty tough, but I'm also smart. You know what I mean? And, uh, I know what happens. <laughs> I know what happens. I, I, I smell so bad. My white T-shirt had the orange suit stuff all on it. Yep. And the recruiter comes, picks me up, and he takes me straight to MAPS. Oh, my straight God. Straight to MAPS. I didn't, like, I had been going for three days. And, like, you know, I'm... My my grandmother didn't know where I was. My mom, nobody. Just, I just was gone, yeah. right? Because I didn't go. I'm gonna tell him I'm going to jail. Like yeah. that was not going to be a thing. And um, he took me there. I swore in, and I went home like nothing had happened. <laughs> right? It was the craziest <laughs> thing, hey, man. That, it, it was, but it was like it was because I'm from the the ghetto, the hood, right? And so I still had that hood mentality when I went to boot camp, and that don't work. Right. Now, what, but what does that mean? Help a stupid white suburban boy like me? Um, like, I was still, I'm very rebellious. Like you can't tell me nothing. Like you're not stronger than me. I, it was. Um, it's like Kanye. It was tell me nothing. Right. It was ego driven. Right. It was this, 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 this shadow of a self. This, this shell of a man. I thought I was. Uh, this bullshit masculinity that I was going through, and I'm like, this is what made me who I am. But it was, as I know now, it was all survival and mm-hmm. where, where I'm from. Right. But I got to boot camp, and um, I don't like being in the back of the, you know, the back of the pack. Like, I'm a, I'm a front-runner type person. Um, I, and um, I got there, and it was rough. The first time was rough because I was very self-oriented. Like, hey, you need to do what I'm doing. You need to, and, like, the drill instructors wasn't having that. Mm-hmm. And so over time, like, they... They kind of put me in my place. I'll put politically correct. They put me in my place and, and, <laughs> uh, within uh, rules and regulations. And then I remember one day um, I was, I got in trouble. I was a, I ended up being a squad leader because I'm always, I'm a, I move fast. Yeah. I, I'm very efficient. Like I've just always been in leadership positions my whole life, you know. And um, they put us on a quarter deck where they do the IT, the, the incentive training, mm-hmm. right, where you don't do things correctly. <laughs> and um, It was called intense training, though, back then, though. I don't know. I don't, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I was a recruit, man. I, yeah. I would just know that I was getting broke off. Yeah, yeah. I never got <laughs> yeah. broke off. And I played track and football, and I never felt like that before. Right. And they had us going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. <laughs> don't care for and, this. Yeah, and I was like, I said no. I was like, I just stopped. I said no. I said this hurts. Like, and my brain was like, "This is stupid." I don't enjoy this. Yeah, and I just stopped. And then when you do that, yeah. man, oh, they came out the woodwork, bro. Yeah. It was just like everything else didn't even matter. Yeah, and they start running out of me, and I was like, "Just touch me." That's all now, I need you to do. Have you always been a big dude? I mean, you're a big yeah, dude. Yeah, I've always been this size. Okay, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like you're. I was a pips. No, yeah, I was. Yeah, re- yeah. I, I, I have no even I tell them reason now, if you want to come across the table, just come on. I'm I'm that guy. <laughs> like just come on. Right? And um uh, and they came out of the woodwork and I was just like, you just touch me. Just give me a reason to put my hands on you. 
right? But I know they, I'd probably got, no, but yeah. I know now they got so messed up, yeah. right? But then my, my drill instructor, my senior drill instructor came out and he grabbed me. He was like, he's a black guy. Uh, he was Gunner Sharp Miller at that time. And he came out and he was just, he told me to get in the, the duty hut. And we went in there, he closed the door, and I'm like furious at that time. Mm -hmm. He took off his, his campaign cover, put it down, and talked to me like a normal person. And he said, they, he, they expect us to act like this. I was like, what? He said, when you're out there acting like that's what they're going to treat you like. You, this ain't the hood. They want you to fail. That's what you don't understand. Were all the other drill instructors like not black? Uh, one was the, the the senior and the heavy. The two top mm -hmm. ones were right, <clears throat> but I was like one of two black dudes in the in a hundred people. Right, wow. it was another yeah. me and another uh, another guy named uh, oh god, he's from Chicago. I remember that. <laughs> but he's from Chicago, and they always used to give us crap. But like he said, they expect you to act like that, right? And he talked to me like, and no one had ever really talked to me like that before. Like they, they like they cared, right? Nobody ever ever, ever showed that to me. And um, he talked to me, and I went back. I guess he had convinced me. So I went back out. He put his cover back on. The door closed. Then all hell broke loose again. We just had this moment. No, that, that, that moment was so gold. And then, like, they, they, they you, but, but you know, you got to finish it. You yeah. got to finish. You can't, yeah. I, I can't win. You know what I yeah, mean? And right. I was winning at that point. And they was like, nah. Yeah. Right? So they put me back out there and just boom, boom, boom. And I went through it. I went to the bathroom and I cried for for the I don't even I feel like I was there hours I probably was there 10 15 minutes yeah. but I cried the whole time cuz I had never been treated like that and I resisted even you know further into the military and I kept having like moments like that with people but it was always like a Hispanic guy or a black guy um keep telling me it's like you got to let this go you got to let this go and um I spent my whole life like trying to let it go and it was like the Marine Corps was a struggle for me, man. And um, I, like I'm always, I'm always been physically in shape. I, I'm smart. I'm super like intelligent when it comes to stuff like that. And um, I was always squad leader, and I, I got promoted fast. And you know, I was always the guy in charge that got things done. Um, and that just just fed my ego, right? Mm -hmm. I know that that just yeah. fed my ego over that time. And then. Um, it just got to a point where I was like, I lost my brother. He got he got he got killed in like early two thousands, shot in the face, and then my grandma died the day before my before my first Iron Man, and you know, and and I was like, like WTF, like, mm -hmm. and I just like I literally went through a whole bunch of smack, and then I ended up going to Albany, Georgia. I deployed to Afghanistan in like April of two thousand eleven, and um. While I was there, I was fine, other than getting shot at it and rocketed and all that other stuff. Other than that. But it's crazy. We were just talking about this the other day, man. Like, um, I was over there. The first week, I was scared. Man. Like, was this was, your first combat deployment? Correct. I'm a paralegal by trade, right? I, You know, I teach martial arts, teach weapons, but, like, I ain't... I ain't Marsock. I ain't like Jody. You know, I ain't, I ain't, just, I ain't like, swift, silent, and yeah. deadly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like... I will charge you if you have. We go, this is not the world. Right? <laughs> that was, you know, hold people accountable in a different direction. And uh, I went over there, and like it was just so much, man. Um, and you never know. You don't know what the, the, the scars you're getting while you're there because you don't feel them. Right. Right. But I came back and I went right. Like I was like, it was like everything was moving in slow motion. Like well, the world was moving in slow motion. And uh, 
Oh crap! I don't. I, I hate telling this story because I always get emotional. But I, I came back, man, and um, I was something just was off, and it was it's a numbing feeling, like, and that's all the way I know how to describe it. But like, I was so vibrant when I left, like having fun, going out, kicking it. But I came back, and it was just like nobody understood, right? Everybody was complaining. Like, that's all I heard was complaining and, and ungrateful people. Like, I don't care what you say, you're ungrateful. You know what I mean? And so I stayed in, the, you know, other than going to work, I stayed in the house for a few months. And then a friend, uh, her name is Shannon, she called me and she had been, she was, an MP, she was a field MP and she was, she had got blown up in, I think, Iraq. And she's like, you got to get back in it. You got to, you, you can't stay where you are. This is, this is going to, this could be your end. Right? And she pushed me forward and I just, She's like, you just just go out there. It's not gonna be easy. You just gotta go out and get in it. And I, but knowing what I know now, I don't know what would happen if she. I'd have never talked to her. Like I don't. Yeah. I might not be talking to you today. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not even the type of person. It's like I would do harm to myself. Mm -hmm. I'd rather do harm to somebody else. But like I can't say that I would be honestly know if I wouldn't have. Right? Because I just didn't know what to do. And um, as I went on that journey, I started going to you know psych psychiatrists, psychologists, and trying to just get in my mind right. And uh, that put, set me on a journey of, you know, of self-development mm. and just being better. So it was, so you, like, when you were at your lowest point, you went and got a little bit of help and that's what puts you on your path to who you are right now. Am I, am yes. I summarizing that yes, correctly? Yes, yes. Um, I didn't want the help though. You know, you usually like, yeah. I didn't want it, but like at that time we were in deep, so deep in war everywhere. It was mandated when you come back from deployment, those first like, couple of months they had to watch us i had to at least i couldn't even go on vacation for like a uh, like a week's because they had to make sure that i was mentally sane and i didn't go jump off a building or go shoot somebody or something like that and so um it was just it was a dark time mm -hmm. man. it was dark and i was still trying to live and it just none of it made sense now this was before you before you were married before you had a family were you single at the time i was single mm -hmm. yeah I had my i had my, <coughs> my daughter anaya but um other than that, I was single, and um, but I came back, and I because that's when I had I was you know dating, and I started seeing my now wife, right, and I had she was the first person I saw when I when I actually came home to Kansas City, and like I I remember even telling her some days it's like something's not right, and I didn't know because I would like have I would get emotional real easy, I would like want to cry for some, and I didn't you know. It's, I, I still sometimes don't understand why it happens, but yep. I, it just it just would come, and I would or, I, or what I know now to be anxiety attacks would happen, right? Heart start beating real fast, and everything start moving, and it just you just feel like you just want like everything to stop. You want to go in like a like a hallway, and just like it was funny while we talking about this because when I when I when I walked outside those those we call them relocatable buildings, yeah, uh, the old, storage and, containers, right? That's, cans, what, that's yeah. what we were living in and where I was at. In Afghanistan, it reminds me like these. Like, I feel safe in those. I like because it's super. It's super dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. It's like your own little love. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, like, oh, I like it. Know, in here. How many people mm. that had served in Iraq or Afghanistan? Oh, every come time. by here and they say, "Can village." Hey, this is can village. This is Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. This is Iraq. Oh my goodness. Um, we're gonna take a real quick <clears throat> break. When we come back, I want to talk about your T-shirt, Morgan, because it says, "Change will come when action takes place," and I've got day. your little logo on it. And I'm looking at your social media profile right now, and you have the same shirt and the same hat on. So my guess is that. That phrase is something significant. Always. Has some really. meaning to you. All right, cool. We're going to take a real quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with our guest, Morgan Lapp. 
Do you like monster truck rallies? Do you like Taco Bell on Wednesday afternoons? And do you like men with mustaches? If you said yes to any of those, you need to check out our merch. This merch is one of our newest pieces called the Chill Switch Engage. It comes in this nice, faded, vintage look, not retro, vintage. Go to signalfire.media so you can engage your chill switch. Do it now. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. Fantastic conversation going with Morgan Lattimore, Marine, author, empowerment speaker, endurance coach, ultra triathlete. Morgan, the, the phrase on your shirt, change will come when action takes place. What, what does that mean to you? We, yeah. Well, people in the world talk a good game, talk a whole bunch of I want, I need, I have to have, but you do nothing to get it, right? And we can talk about a destination, but if there's no plan, if there's no, there's no map, there's no directions, nothing ever changes. And so as I deal with, you know, as I coach people, athletes, executives, you know, individuals, and, and say, they say, I wanna, I wanna create that. So I always ask them to ask one question, how will you do it? What, what does that look like? Because we always given people like, you need to be positive, you need to be great. Well, how the hell do I do it, mm -hmm. right? You have to take action in your life or nothing will happen for you, it'll just happen to you. And um, I made this uh, I made this quote just because I, I tell this to my athletes, and uh, I had an athlete that was like just going through some stuff, and um, you know people always say, I'm depressed. I'm just like, well, you like being this way. Like, what have you done to not be depressed? What have you done to not have anxiety? And then, yes, there are clinical things where some people are, but if we if you look at the studies and the information that's out there, there shows that some people are making the choice to stay there. Right, and so when you when you take no action, you accept where you are. Right, and you can't be mad at nobody but yourself. All you got to do is move forward. You that's all you got to do is take one step, then take the next one. But you won't. You want the what they the you want the the what they say the the, the carriage you come before the horse. Mm -hmm. Right, the horse has to pull you there. You need the carriage is that baggage that you're taking with you. But you gotta you gotta have some type of uh, what would you call it. Um, avenue of like, okay, this is how I'm going to execute this plan so I can get to A, B, or C. And we don't do that. We complain as a, as a society a whole damn lot. A whole <laughs> lot. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then it's like, total silence. Well, I'm doing this. No, no, no. That's, again, that's not, that, that's not, your, that's not how. You know what I mean? That's, that's what you're doing. But like, how are you doing it? No one knows it. Most people can't tell you the story of how they got somewhere. But when you start getting at this level, right, when you start talking to the people that like you guys talk to, when they like making moves, you talk to any executives or somebody that's a, a leader, they're going to be able to articulate how to get to a certain location. And most people can't do that. That's what makes us very sought after or genuine, right, is we're able to articulate it to the masses. This is how you move from A to B. And so if you if you go if you stuck, if you if you don't if you don't want anything else in your life, just continue to doing what you're doing. Nothing. If nothing is okay, then stop complaining about what you don't have. <laughs> so what's that like if I come to you and I'm just like, Morgan, I need some help, man. How do I get from A to B? Like, you know, how quickly do you diagnose that and say, 
Well, here's probably what you should think about doing. Well, it depends on how much uh, I, know, <clears throat> I know about you. But I have this process called uncovering your why, mm-hmm. right? And this is huge for me in general. I do it with coaches. I do it with athletes. I do it with executives because most of us don't know our own purpose, right? You say, I come to you, it's like, why do you want to do triathlon? Mm-hmm. I want to set an example for my kids. No, that's the what. Okay, how is the triathlon? But what's the why? What is the emotional reason that the emotional reason that connects you to what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Most people don't remember what we were just talking about before uh, during the break was like most people don't only they only tell you the wave tops. They don't tell you the stuff that scares them. They don't tell you that, that emotional reason. Like you didn't just want to talk to the people. You just didn't want to sell insurance. Like there's something before mm-hmm. that that connects you to this that's emotional in nature. That's what drives you, and that's what drives your life. And so we discuss that, and I and we we go through just conversations like, who are you? Why are you? Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do this podcast? Like, oh, I want to reach these people, but why? Why does it matter if you reach them or not? Mm-hmm. What has happened to you in your life that made you feel like you want to? Then you start getting down to the, and you know you hit it when you when they either pause for long periods of time. You know when you're interviewing people, you pause, and they like deep contemplation, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or they laugh, try and trying to like deflect so they don't go that go that deep, or you know you're really there when that when the tears come when the emotion is shown. Now we're somewhere you don't really go, because because when you're comfortable there, there's no tears. When you're uncomfortable is in a place that you rarely visit, mm-hmm. and that's where the work begins, and that's where we start building something. Where did this start for you? Your desire to want to do this with people. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I re- damn, I ain't never thought about it. Um, Could it have anything to do with the moment that the senior drill instructor pulled you into the duty hut? Yeah, your own personal journey up until your first deployment. It could, that could happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, but that, but then, but I could identify so many other yeah. scenarios like that. Like maybe it was just like the universe's path for me. Right. You know, I didn't choose it, but it chose me. Yeah. Type. Thing. And you sort of just stepped on it and walked into it. People know, <laughs> you know, and I actually know. Like, I denied it, man, because there's, I, I, I was, I'm my own worst enemy. I was like, there's no, from the hood, went to night school to graduate, uh, spent the whole ninth grade year in jail, wasn't passing classes, got dyslexia, can't read that well, was in a special needs class most of the time. And so I never thought I was like, there's no, people, people would always tell me, I had a young lady named Carrie Hoffman in Albany, Georgia, and she said, Morgan, will you figure this out? You're going to change lives. And this was this was before I went to Afghanistan. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, But everybody said it to me my whole life. Like, you got something. You just don't know what to do with mm-hmm. it. When you figure this out, when you do this, when, I'm like, just tell me, please, because I, <laughs> I don't get it. And I'm like, whatever. And I and I dismissed it. And it, it wasn't until actually recently this year that I actually started saying, like, when people tell me thank you, I'd say, you're welcome. I used to say, hey, man, you know, it's, yeah, it's you did all the work. Yeah. You know, it's another day. It's what I do. And. It was bull. It was yeah. all bullshit, right? But like, to learn to start to appreciate myself took a long time. And people being able to take a compliment, <clears throat> sincerely receive a compliment, is a difficult thing. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially yeah. like certain. I don't. I don't. I'm only speaking for people that I know of, of like you know that help people a lot and that are very humble about it. And you say I'm gonna be. And you, but you almost like you mask it by saying I'm trying to be humble. Mm. No, you're scared of feeling. You're scared of your emotions. You're scared of, of that it might it might excite you so much, make you so happy that you may shed a tear for somebody else besides yourself. And so you you avoid that. Yeah. 
But guess what? You you don't grow, and you can't help them if you're not willing to do the same work. You're still you're still in the military, correct? And, and mm-hmm. I would say, just in the short conversation that we've had, I, you have you feel on a different level than almost everybody else that I was in the military <laughs> with. Now I've experienced a lot of what you're describing years after the service, yeah, just right. from just from finding my true purpose, exploring my curiosities, connecting with people, taking risks, trying new things. But you've shortened that timeline significantly. You know, we talk a lot about uh, like a lot of people that listen to our show are in the military and are getting out of the military, or looking ahead to getting out of the military. You know, what was that process of self discovery for you to get to where you are right now, where you feel on a different level? Um, and what offer could you give to somebody who's like, man, I'm staring down my my EAS three months down the road, and I, I kind of want to get in on that a little bit quicker. Trying to think if I should answer this question the way I really want to answer it. Well, yeah. I'm still in the Marine Corps, so I can't pause. say certain things. So we, I did, and it was a pause. I'm still contemplating, like, <laughs> should, should I say what I really want to say? Or should I? No, man, um, you realize that the Marine Corps doesn't care, right? I, that's what I realized. And I want to make sure I'm very d- distinct when I say this. The Marine Corps doesn't care. People do, though. Right, and those those, those people are the ones that that you can see suffering. To see the, the, the transition to the next level, like they suffer because their identity was mass art, mass guns, mm-hmm. mass command, mass chief, whatever. That like people suffer because that that was their identity. And I was like, Nah, man. Right, and uh, I had two people, and one person I don't I didn't know, him, but I just had a colonel told us like you need to love your Marines, and I was like, Are you? You high? Are we still? Are, are we in the same? Room <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are you yeah. high? Like, you know? And I was like, a, I think I was a, a staff sergeant, so I was still like really raw. Like, I was that guy, the bulldog type dude. You know, you didn't, when you see me, you go the other direction type. <laughs> and then my ma- then then uh, same, I was still same rank, and uh, uh, Mass Guns told me he's like, you gotta learn how to hug your Marines. You don't have to physically do it, but you you have to have some level of, of compassion and empathy for them. Right. Right. And because I didn't, I was like, if it ain't about me, it ain't about. Failure's not an option. That's how I speak. Hell, death, and destruction is the only thing I give, right? I don't, you know, I don't have heart attacks. I cause them. That's my life. <laughs> like, that's the stuff that I was, that's how I, and I say it now because that's the stuff I used to say. I used to say it yeah. so much, so plaques. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I read it now. I'm like, this was so much BS. <laughs> right? And um, you get to the point where you realize that you can impact way more lives by actually seeing them. When you see somebody hurting, oh, he's a piece of Why? I had a Marine um, recently, in the recent last couple of years, and I, I, I checked into my new duty station. I took over the Cherry Point Law Center as a senior enlisted advisor. And I got there, and it's like, oh, he don't care. Or he don't, he, you know, he, he, he's stupid, and he's dumb, and this is what you hear. The staff NCO's saying. And then I said, you know what, I'm, I'm one of the people that's like, so, like, did you ask them why? Why does he? Why does he not grasp the, the concept? Why does he speak up? He was the NCO. Why does he? Why does he take charge? No, we never asked him. He just don't do it. So I had a conversation with him. Come to find out, well, when your father's beating you every time you speak and say you only speak when you're spoken to, guess what? You don't speak that often, mm. right? And then the moment I saw him, he was the number one NCO in the dang on in the building. She changed lives by actually not just just being there. But being present for them and showing them that they're humans because, yes, we're Marines, but they are mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers before they're any of that. And when they leave, that's what they're going to be. Amen. Yeah. And we we take that and we, I think I said, uh, the comment I say something like, we got to stop treating Marines like inventory. 
Like they just come and go. We gotta treat them like people, mm. right? People, and you see people laughing. Like, no, this is true, man. Because it, with true leadership comes compassion, comes grace, comes empathy, comes all these things that, that are feelings that you say you want to avoid, but I can't put my life on the line for you if I don't love you. Yeah. That's a feeling. Yeah, you're describing emotional intelligence. Yeah, like, come yeah. on, man. Like, but, but we deny because of the environment that we're in and what we've been taught. Mm-hmm. I can't do that no more. Naysayers would say <laughs> that would soften the Marine Corps. What would you have to say about that? I ain't soft. Like, <laughs> like, there ain't nothing about me soft. Yeah. Like I'm still into, but because it's because even with my Marines, like I, my, I'm about to go hiking with some of them in the Appalachian Trail. Mm. I sit down and play Magic the Gathering with some. I, I had a Marine that just checked in and said, so "I said, what do you like? What's your hobby?" He said, "I like playing guitar." I said, "Won't you bring it in and play it for us?" He said, "What?" He looked at me like I had just had a third eye. <laughs> I want to see you for who you are because yeah. when I call on you, I don't want you to do it because you have to. I want you to do it because you. You want to, right? That's leadership. That's if you, any great leader in the world. They didn't. Gre- the people that are successful with leading didn't lead with fear, because usually them people get assassinated or get killed. The people that change the world lead with love, lead with human <laughs> feelings, mm-hmm. right? And when when you do that, you don't. Because again, that um, that weakness, that's ego talking again. That's your masculinity talking again. And if if that's what's talking for you. Then you you're really losing out on a lot of things when it when it comes to life, and if you love your people, that's what jump tell you. There's nothing more courageous than people jumping on grenades, and jumping in front of bullets in the military, right? That ain't that ain't toughness. That ain't you know what I mean? That's feeling. That's love. That's when you give the ultimate yeah, sacrifice. sacrifice yeah. That's feeling. Like, are you high? <laughs> are you something wrong with you? <laughs> if you think that, that means you should evaluate your own upbringing. And usually the problems that we have didn't come from the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps just compounded on them or, or suppressed them even more, right? And that's why we all come back or even even the sailors or, every, you know, whatever you, you go through, you get to a point where you just, like, you start to break down. So you look at this, like, I'm on this back end. If you get most people that have been in 20 years or more, we got psychological issues because we've been suppressing issues our whole damn life. That's why we up. Right. That's why I should transitioning. And when we get out in the first year, we killing ourselves because nobody has taught us how to deal with the problems that have already existed. Mm-hmm. You want us to be more than we can possibly be? Show me how to feel something. Mm. Show me how to love somebody. Then I'll be more. Then I'll be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I'm getting amped. So. No. <laughs> oh, he, took, he took a long pause. He contemplated, and then he just said, am I going to say what I want to say? And then you yeah, did. Yeah, man, I like, it, 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 like, I'm not mad, but yeah. like, I can feel the well, you, tears behind yeah. me. And like, but I can, we well, don't, you're passionate about it. Bro. And, yeah, and, and you're passionate about it for the right reasons, right? Because yeah. to the point of your shirt, <laughs> on the other end of leadership like mm-hmm. that, there's really, really good growth to be had. It's yeah. different. And some people might look at it as like that scary, something that I love, my Marine Corps is going to change or my whatever is going to change. But if it's going to change for the better, you got to you know, be courageous to step out and allow that growth to happen. It's like you, but it's the same thing as how you raise your kids. Like I have a, I have daughters, four daughters. Oh boy. So I go, we, we got two. girl dads. Yeah. Too. So yeah. I, do I, go, I go in and just be hard with them? No. no. But when, when daddy speak, matter of fact, daddy don't have to speak. I give you a look. And changes <laughs> right like that's but but at the same time i can you know i'll tell you i discipline my daughter and then she's then she wants to come lay on and cry in my arms 
Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because I'm going to love you, but I'm not going to let you fall on your own sword. Like, I'm, that's not what I'm here to do. And if you if you can have real – we – we we do a lot of shadow co- shadow coaching shadow leadership which is really management and we say this is what you should do this is how you should be but real leadership is just like loving somebody is having conversation is taking out time for them is being present for them in more ways than just the physical mm-hmm. that's leadership and when you do that they can they understand the difference they, you don't have to make anyone do something you like you know what i mean and when you take that piece it becomes so much more powerful because when I walk in the room, everybody still moves. Everybody's still silent. Everybody still stands, but then they tell me how their mom doing, right? They respect me because what I, the boundaries that I've set is the ones that I've set, but they know that I'm human just like them. And I guess what? I go out my way to make sure they understand that. But if you, but if you step over the line, I'm going to flip the switch on your ass. Off safe, and then we going at it, right? <laughs> and so, like, you have to have it, but that's what everything in life that you do. But the the problem is, just like a car, it's different gears. You got to have different gears within your life and within your emotions. Who, what you give and when you should give it. But if you get stuck in one gear your whole life, the other ones never get used, and you feel like I'm empty. I'm missing something. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a real quick break here. Don't go anywhere. Fantastic conversation. Go with Morgan Lattimore. We'll be right back on Signal Fire Radio. Hey, welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. Fantastic conversation going with our new friend, Morgan Lattimore, Marine author, powerman speaker, endurance coach, ultra triathlete, executive coach. Matt, I'm ready to run through brick freaking wall right now Yeah, talking to Morgan. Yeah, I mean, every, the conversation so far, he's epitomizing like what I felt like when I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. That we were severely lacking. Oh, yeah, very much leadership. so. Very much so. It was due because I said so. And, you know, you didn't really... Yeah, when you're out in town, you're getting yelled at for wearing yeah, a baseball hat in yeah. Blockbuster video. Diddy bopping down the block. It's like, wait, what? I know, man. I, I look back at that, and, like, if I asked myself what was I embarrassed about, it was when I suddenly went from Lance Corporal to Corporal, and I felt like I could start yelling at people because I'd, I'd earned something. I mean, that was just... That happened to me. I got, I got counseled that day. I picked up Corporal and went ham on two people. <laughs> went ham. And then I took the whole building and sent each Marine down and talked to him. As a corporal, so this is what I my expectations. Were. <laughs> <laughs> what? Better get out of my face! And then wonder why everybody was upset and didn't like me after that. Uh, yeah. So you have four girls. You mm-hmm. were saying off the break. What are their ages again? Uh, 23, 20, 19, and five. So you're in the thick of it. Yeah. You're in the thick of it. So what does? Uh, w- tell us a little bit. Like, when did the ultra? Uh, marathon start for you? When did you become ultra, an ultra, ultra triathlete? triathlete? Yeah, no, sorry, mar- yeah. Marathon, that's the easy part. Yeah. Uh, Come on, he bro. Said that's the easy part. I don't that, even like to drive 24 I don't, miles. I'm a Marine, bro. Like, I don't do... I, I, when, I think, when I think of Marine, I think extreme. Mm. Like, that's that's automatically what I think, right? Everything that I do is... I, I love extreme. I lead extreme. Uh, I crush bodies extreme. And um, I don't know. I, I started... I was cycling, you know, I came back from Afghanistan, all my back was really messed up, and I started cycling. And um, got that fixed, went to SoCal, and got stationed there, and um, I got into triathlon, because Southern California is the, the yeah. birthplace and the mecca of, like, damn near any sport. Yeah, and running and, through San Diego is awful. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't want to leave, but they told me I had to go. And um, Where, Where'd you live in San Diego? Uh, the second time I was in, I was on base in uh, Camp Pendleton, in okay. Edson Range, yeah. And um, so I went... There and I got just got into it. I, I actually became volunteer director for three Ironman races there. I did that for two years, and I got like pulled into the, the community. And I was like, okay, I start racing. I did my I did my first, so I did my my short distance, the sprint, 
And then like a couple of weeks later, I did a, a Olympic. And then I was like, you know what? I want to do something bigger. I went and did a half Ironman. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it full, right? So in six-month time period, I literally went through the gambit of the first four levels of triathlon. Mm. And I was like, huh. I did, a, I did a full Ironman. And uh, I was like, that ain't that bad. I've done harder things in the Marine Corps. With getting my day, when I come a black belt martial arts instructor for the Marine Corps, getting that belt. Yeah. And like no, when, it, when, it, when it first came, that was what? Oh, five? Yeah, I think like, so. You know when it first, first oh, came out? When they yeah, came out. When, came out, when yeah. we were still doing like body hardening and, yeah. and people getting broke off the tan belt. Doing all this yeah. nonsense. So yeah. I came in during that and we had the, um, they call it the cohesion room now. But it was back then it was called the House of Pain. And they would play like Smurfs Christmas and they'd flash and strobes and you would fight and you would yeah. get kicked and you would do. It was it's just, like Mortal Kombat. Not, yeah, it was just not fun, bro. Like, <laughs> and like, I, I've never wanted to quit some shit ever in my life, but like, I wanted to quit. And uh, it was the hardest day. And I was like, oh, this is just a long day. Like, it's not hard, it's just a long <laughs> it day. Sucks. Yeah, it, it just, just sucks. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I have physical ability, I've been doing sports my whole life. And then I was like, you know what? What's next? Let me Google some stuff. And they said, um, seeing Ultraman, and then a friend uh, was at a store one day. He said, "Won't you sign up? They just they they take they only take fifty people for Ultraman Florida." I said, "Nah, I never win nothing. I was one of those guys." And I was like, "He's like, just do it. It's thirty five dollars. What yeah. you gonna lose?" Yeah. And I'm listening to him, and then I, I um, two weeks went by. He said, "You signed up?" I said, "No, man, they ain't gonna do that." And then he's like, "Just do it. I'll, I'll give you thirty five dollars." I was like, "Was no, he, he already in? Was he already in?" No, he had already done it before. Oh, okay, right. Okay, okay. But it was like it was. Ultra. This is ultra. This is ultra. Um, Ultraman. You do the first day. You you swim six point two miles. Then you ride ninety miles. Right. And you got to do it all under twelve hours each day. That's mm. the hardest part. Right. Mm. Doing this stuff is not really that hard. Yeah. Doing I digress it, for everyone listening. It is hard, time, but yeah. like if you're if you're trained, it's not as hard as it sounds. Um, the next day was hundred and sixty. Yeah, hundred sixty or seventy mile bike ride, something like that. One of them two. Um, and then the third day is a 52-mile run, mm. right? And so... <laughs> Good, I'm out, man. I'm just out. And, and so, I, you know, uh, he came back, and I, I filled it out. And then um, I was doing... My wife was running Ragnar or something like that, and I was, like, in the car, and I got an email. She's like, uh, could you ask... The, the director said, can you answer some more questions for us? I was like, sure. What you want to know? Like, if you're a race director, why would you take you? And then I was like, I sat there for a moment when those pauses, like... Okay, and I just put like how I felt on the paper, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of when I started learning about content, I, I put how I felt. And um, the next email I got was like, "Congratulations, you are now you have been selected for one of the fifty uh, participants in 2018 Ultraman Florida." And I was like, "Okay, now how do I? What do I got to do again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how much does this even cost? Like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> like, it was like, because uh, I, I, I do nothing. I just put in an application. I didn't do no research. I was yeah. just like, there's no way I'm gonna yeah. get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got in, and then like I was like, did the entry fee went from five hundred dollars to eighteen hundred, right? And then I mean, the race cost me like ten Gs. Wow, right? Good to do, Lord. Wow, right? And um, when like, I like, where is that money going? Literally for your fees? I mean, because I mean, you got to think travel it's like, it's and this, equipment. And, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and I get to travel. I got to, I got to fly my crew there. I had four people. I had to pay. I had to feed them for the whole time I'm there. The race is three days long. Yeah. We had to show up like damn near a week ahead of time, right? Four or five days ahead of time. Um, the bike, eating, the house. You know, I do. Okay, you know, you sense. take care. Of, and I it's brought not, my family with me. Yeah. And I had a camera crew. 
with me at the same time. It's not like showing up for Marine Corps PM. No, it was like it was a thing. Drinking right? Long Island iced teas at Applebee's in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, when you get to Ultra, like this is one thing. When you do get to Ultra, it it it, it even get real. You'll see it get real gritty where people mm. just do real minimalist stuff. That's where you see like the seals and the Marines, and because mm. that they they love that. The less is more type thing. But like you also get into a realm where. The money changes. Like the people doing these races, ain't they ain't the normal people, mm-hmm. right? They either saving their life savings to do this, or they really well to do. You know what I mean? I mean, I have a race that I um, that I'm supposed to be doing in May, and that's a thirty twenty five to thirty thousand dollar race. Wow, right? <laughs> wow, easy. Like you have sponsors that pay for this, I, I have, yeah. yeah, that help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but like. I didn't always, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't always yeah, coach you work up Like, to I that, had yeah. to get to that level. And um, you just you just keep peeling back the onion, man. Like, it's like a good book. You you you, you read the chapter, he's like, man, what's, I wonder what's next. I wonder what's next. Because every time that part where you saw the self-development part, when you out there grinding by yourself, it changes who you are, mm. right? And then I started reading. When I got into Ultraman, I started doing audiobooks and reading more. Because I wanted to see, like, I just wanted to understand Ultra, like, how do I, what do I do? Like, how do I do it? Like, what am I going to go through? And, and preparation is what I've been trained to, to do with everything. And I learned that um, that's why we, when, when we used to get around, you get around people from Ultra World, you notice that, like, they different. And people call them weird or hippies and stuff like that. No, you just don't understand me because you ain't woke. Right? Most people still sleep or unconscious walking through this world every day. But when you get around people that actually spend a lot of time with themselves. They talk different. They act different. They move different, and that and that that makes other people that are not doing that work uncomfortable. Right, right. And mm-hmm. so that I think that's the endurance world. And but that's why the ultra endurance world is like such like family oriented because we all doing the work. Yeah. So loving, like I, I love you, bro. I tell them, I can't wait to see you. And we we'll I go somewhere. I drive. I'll stay with them. And like it's just a whole other world than like yeah. that lower level stuff, man. It, all of them will have a place, but as you keep pulling back the onion within yourself. Like you constantly open doors that you had shut years ago. Yeah. You know, so. so how did you come to be a coach in this and, and kind of help lead people on this? Pro- you asked some hard questions. Sorry, bro. man. Sorry. <laughs> that's good though. Like, that's your <laughs> job, right? So, um, I don't know, because I, I got to a point where I had uh, someone ask me, um, like, "Would you be interested in being a coach?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." Again, I was you know second guessing myself, but I literally have been leading people for like twenty some years. Mm. And um, and I was doing mentoring before I even came to Marine Corps as a as a high school student. I was helping the boys and girls club or uh, or people that were in foster care. I would go mentor the kids, the boys, and um, but I got to a point where they asked me, and I was like, oh, let me try this because I'm about to retire. I like fitness. I like helping people. It matches. Let's let's try it out. So I did personal training first, taught spin classes and butts and guts and all that type of stuff, right? <laughs> and then I got to Cali, and, and all that stuff happened there. It's where I started. And then what what nailed, I ain't going to lie, at that point, I, even though I was broke as hell as, as a coach in general when I first started, I went out there and I was like, and somebody paid, was to say, I'll, I'll pay you $600 a month to coach me. I said, what? <laughs> I said, to, what you want me to tell you what to do? You're going to give me $600 a month. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, right. And, uh, that was it happened, but after that, like I got so mu- fixated on the money, I stopped making money. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so um, I was doing it for free. You know, uh, I was doing it for thirty five dollars a month. Like I couldn't, re- I couldn't replicate that anymore. And so my mentor, Johnny Bernardo, he lives in um, uh, SoCal as well, uh, 
as well, Oceanside. He told me the reason why you ain't successful is because you you're doing you you're doing it for the money, and it, until you start doing it for the people, nothing will change. He said, when you do it for the people, the money will come. The best advice I've ever received in business in life. Ever. Somebody told me something exactly like that. He said, it's impossible to do the right things and get the wrong results. And what he was referring to by the right things is engaging with people, like being present with people, knowing people. So that way when you have a, a problem or a challenge that you can't solve, you know who to go talk to and they can help you do it. And that's, that's been the greatest thing. Like, all I do is, like, even now with it, when we, we talk about, you know, social media a little bit and, and, and self-growth, I just talk about my growth. If I'm going through something that day... I tell you how I process it because I still go through things, right? And I share that with the world. And when I share that with them, all I do is keep giving that knowledge, boom, boom, boom. Like, I don't actually, I didn't start marketing until recently, like actually marketing and like trying to get, you know, engagement and sales. Mm -hmm. Before I was just making the videos and putting the stuff out there. And I've never had a shortage of athletes. I don't have that problem. I make more money coaching than I do as a Marine. Like literally, and he's master sergeant. I'm right? a master sergeant. <laughs> yeah. Come and, on, you know, with I'm, four girls and a wife and a family. And that's what I'm saying. Like, but like, it, it's not because I'm going out there trying to like sell yeah. you for something. Well, yeah, you know? no, you're you're spot on. We <laughs> talked about this. We talked about this before you came on, and I can't believe like in the last four minutes or three minutes we have to talk about this. But you said that like your dance videos book you more. Yeah. Re revenue generating activities than if you're <clears throat> trying to like you know give a three step process to self en enlightenment or yeah. something like that. Why do you think that is? The people tell me because I asked. I said, "What brought you to me?" They said, "Your Friday videos." I was like, "Okay, what about them? Your energy, your positiveness, and it helps me start my day." And, and when your daughter's in the back, that's a huge yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those and are she's, good. And, she's, the whole and, and I don't tell her to do it. She's like, <laughs> she's like, let's talk to the people, Daddy. Like literally, that's what she was saying. Let's talk to Raising the people. Raising a leader, man. She is something Raising else. And, uh, and when you get to that point, man, um, people just want to feel good, right? Mm. And you can throw all that. Like, am I technically sound? Best believe it, right? I can train with power, and we can talk about physiology. And I ain't got a degree in none of it. But I'm, but I, I'm smart because I want the knowledge. People think that you need degrees and certifications to, to, to lead people or to do things. No, you just got to have the drive and the mm -hmm. want and the passion. I've read more books than probably seven to ten damn college students go through in like their whole life. You promise you've read more than me. And I, and I have an MBA. Yes, you do. And I regret getting. Because that's all it is. Because my thing is, like when I said process, it's like, okay, I, I hate school. I totally hate certification school. I have some, right, because it puts me in certain arenas, you know, because that's what the society yeah, It's about the network right? more right? than it is necessarily what you learn. But but when it comes to, like, knowledge and reading, oh, my God, dude. Like, I, I put, I went, I'm trying to read 500 books in the next, like, three years. Um, I'm at 300. Wow. Um, I do audio and hard copy. I do more audio than anything, though, mm. because I spend a lot of time with myself, and I just... I learn better that way. Right. And um, have you read? Uh, have you read Finding Ultra? You probably have. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. Well, With Red Troll. Yeah. Hey, okay. he doesn't. <laughs> okay. Hey, Josh. Matt does not get the championship belt for today for that question. Shut up, Richard. That was like that. That was like those Chris he, Farley interviews on what SNL. Was what was his first ultra race? Ultraman. In Florida. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I don't no, know. He, he, it, I read the book Ultraman. Years ago. So when he when he first did Ultraman, he did the championship in Hawaii. Because he did the Ultra 5 or... Epic 5. Or epic the race five. I'm doing in May is the Epic Deck. I'm doing 10 Ironmans in 10 days. 
And I'm thinking the the Epic Five was like the big deal. No, they go Deca, they go double Deca, they go triple Deca. One dude, I mean, Iron Cowboy just did a hundred. Yeah, I saw that. That's insane. A hundred days straight. Straight, bro. Gosh, dude. Like so, yes. I how like, many calories that man is a lot. Away, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll burn. I'll burn off many as you can put in your body. Yeah, like, you eating real food at, yeah. at, on these things. Yeah, like, this is not no in jails that you don't even want nothing. You want like a pizza, or some yeah. ice cream. Yeah, but uh, I'm burning <laughs> like nine to eight thousand calories. Wow. for a race like that, that's like, unreal. And you doing that, then as you do go further in, guess what happens? You burn more you calories. Burn more, yeah, yeah you so burn more. It's just that's you, insane. Uh, being a, a young marine, let alone. A they master they can't keep up. The, yeah. Especially the new generation, bro. Like when we back in the day, we like, just built different. Our bosses were like deadly. Like yeah. they're yeah. <laughs> yeah just they, built different. They, no, D- dude. I wish we could talk for hours on him. We're we'll coming have up. Him on again, yeah, dude. we'll have him. You'll definitely have you on again. If people want to get in touch with you, they want to talk to you about coaching or anything. What's the best way that they should reach out? Hit to me you? on my website, morganlattimore.com, Right, Morgan is M O R G O N. Yep. Everybody's gonna say A. It's, yep. I'm not a girl. It's not a last name. Morgan. Morgan. Morgan Lattimore. Uh, com and you can find me there. Email me. Um, you know my podcast is there. My books are there. Everything is there. Um, and if you need anything, I'll, I always tell people information is free. All you do is open your mouth. That's right. Closed mouth don't get fed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now if you want me to start doing work, now. We'll, <laughs> we well, there's talk. another one that goes along with that. If you hang out with nine broke friends, you'll be the tenth. So always charge for what it is. That you do. <laughs> exactly. Yep. There you go, man. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of Signal Fire Radio. Matthew, until next week, go out and everybody go out, strengthen your mind, feed your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe, and go be a Signal Fire in your community. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Signal Fire Radio. Click the links to connect with us on social media. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on this video. And for more in-depth content, check us out on Patreon. We'll talk to you guys next week.